Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Four Sober Chicks podcast. I am here with the ever so wonderful women, Heather, Meredith, and Tracy. And today we will be discussing sobriety and romantic relationships. So who would like to start us off? I will. Okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You know, I will. (laughs) Uh, My name is Tracy. I am an alcoholic. Um, And um, yeah, sobriety for me in romantic relationships has been 10 times better. Um, And uh, I just love, I love sobriety. I love being sober. And I especially love them when it comes to love, sex, and all that fun stuff too. So, so yeah. And I think, uh, so, you know, I, um, I was sober, uh, for in sobriety. I mean, I'm sorry, I was single in sobriety. Um, so, you know, I can definitely talk a little bit about that with the dating and stuff like that, but I'm a big fan of, of sober romantic relationships. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I find that my romantic relationship with my husband is much, it's much deeper than it was being, you know, held up in my addiction and my substance use. Um, Heather, Meredith, have you also found that as well? Yeah. um, But I would also say that that's one of the biggest questions I get is, yeah. so I'm thinking about quitting drinking. When you quit, did your husband quit with you? Um, and that is a huge, um, that's a, that spurs, I think a huge conversation because there's some people who in the event that they're quitting, I, I think that they almost expect that significant other, um, to not do it either. Um, so I feel like, again, everyone's journey is completely different. Um, so I feel like for me, it was a choice that I had to make and I had to be at the point where I would be okay if my husband decided to drink, but I will also say he's not a big drinker at all. So I can't attest to a heavy drinker who does like to party, you know, drinks after work or on the weekends. Like my husband, it is rare. He has a beer or a glass of wine. So It was a little bit easier for me, but I still had to get to the point where I couldn't push what I wanted onto him. And I I really think that that's insanely important to understand is is you going into sobriety is for you and you can't expect someone else to change to make your path easier because it's going to be hard. Um, But that is a, that is a big thing for a lot of people and even friend groups. I mean, the friend groups that I had, I no longer, I no longer have. Um, and I do think it was from both sides. Um, I knew that it was something that I couldn't be around. And when I first quit drinking, I was very particular on who I hung out with, where I went, 
because I knew if I got caught up in certain situations where it was reminiscing of how much we partied or whatever the case may be, I don't know. I just knew I couldn't put myself in that situation. Um, so I do think that that is a big deal, um, is really focusing on where your sobriety is, the reasons why you're choosing to do it. And I will say over the last eight years, I do think my husband drinks less than he did when I first started. And I think that's because I just don't, I just don't drink anymore. That's funny that you should say that because my husband started drinking a little bit more. (laughs) Really? Like, like I said, this is, yeah, everyone's story is different, you know, to where if my husband was a big drinker, like I was, I I don't know. I don't know how I would have processed that to be completely honest with you. I'm with you. And maybe he's not drinking as much. It just looks like he is because now I notice it. (laughs) Become more aware of it. hundred percent. Yeah. So Andrew and I, my husband, we were both very big drinkers. He was a sailor, like drink like a sailor is a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a real thing. And, um, so, so I have like two points on this. So what we chose to do, I can share that. What we chose to do is that he asked me, um, how I felt about things. And then he made the decision to stop drinking. And I don't think he drank for two or three years, like nothing, not a single drop. Um, and he was kind of on this journey with me, um, which hundred percent helped my, that, that initial time, that beginning, when you're learning how to live your life in a completely different way to have one person in the room that I knew had my back and was, um, on the same page was really, really helpful. Um, and I agree with what you're saying, Meredith, about like, but it had to be my decision and my journey. And like, I had to have my own reasons and not get sober for someone else. It was, you know, initially it was really for my kids, but that was because I was still struggling. And then I found my own reasons. But I will say, I have a slightly different view of that is that when you are initially sober and in a, a committed relationship, whatever that looks like for you, I think it's also okay to ask for what you need. And so we sat down and looked at like, what does our relationship together and with alcohol look like? What does it look like in our home? So I made the request that we not have anything in the house because I initially wasn't sure what that would look like. And so he and I agreed with that. So all the alcohol came out of the house. Um, You know, we made agreements about like how we would socialize and um, what that would look like. And you know, what I needed in early sobriety and what I need now are very, very different. I'm not, I'm no longer tempted by alcohol. It doesn't bother me if he has a glass of wine or a beer, but it, there's no intimacy if he does, because that does bother me. I don't want, it doesn't, it's not like a, oh, if you get drunk or it's any, because for me, I don't want to taste it. I don't want to smell it. No matter how many times you brush your teeth, it's still there. Like, Um, and so that was my need and he was, he was okay with that. So he knows that like, so it helps him to prepare. It's really funny. The conversations are pretty funny. It's like, so should I have a glass of wine tonight? And I was like, like, I know what he's asking me. Should I not? Right. I love it. Um, and (laughs) 
yeah, depends on the damage. Just drink all you want. <laughs> um, wow. But this is, I think that's the part, like, is um, knowing what the boundaries are, setting them and asking for what you need. And it does evolve and change. Um, but for me, in early sobriety, to have a partner that was on the same page was huge. And like you said, yeah. Meredith, like someone that doesn't really drink, it was huge because you're trying to live your entire life in a different way and have a person that's a safe person, a safe place, a safe person, a safe process was massive And you have to think me. too, and how it affects them as well, you know? And um, what I love hearing out of, it's communication, like communication, mm -hmm. communication, yeah, communication, <laughs> like talk, tell them, yeah, big decision, a huge decision. Mm -hmm. And you, I don't think you can do it alone um, at all, you know. Well, so in a committed relationship, I, I, I would hope you wouldn't, you know, because there's two of you in it, right? But I also feel like there's a lot of people who feel that they would be doing it alone. So mm -hmm. that, I, I think, at least the questions that I've gotten is like, how the hell am I going to do this? Right. You know, and did you tell him that he couldn't drink? Did, because they genuinely feel like their significant other is not going to give that up for them. Well, there's but a lot of have people have asked them have, and I also think it's giving it's communication mm -hmm. again, it's asking them and, and not maybe telling them, but maybe saying, I mean, cause I know when I was married and I became sober for the first time, you know, my husband, he did, you know, go off the drink, you know, for like a month with me. Um, not necessary. I totally, you know, I told him you don't have to do that, but he wanted to do that. So I, I think, you know, if you're in a partnership, that's, you know, they, they want to support you. They want to love you. They want to, they want to heal you as well. You know, knowing that you're the only person that can do that, but they want to do what they can, I feel to help you get there. Hopefully. And if they, if they don't, you might find that you're in the wrong relationship. Right. That's exactly. what I was going to say. I think a lot of people are in toxic relationships, which yeah. has contributed to numbing and out, you know, all of those things. I mean, um, I mean, we all saw that movie with Meg Ryan, I, where she's, you know, that super and they break up because the husband was so used to enabling her, taking care of her when she was wasted or, or, you know, getting mad at her for that. I mean, it, it's, it's a partnership through and through. I mean, it's, it's, and especially if you're long-term and long-term drinking and has escalated, it's, it, it's definitely, yeah, I think a lot of people are affected by it. So a lot of people are going to be affected by your sobriety as well. It's going to be a lifestyle change for a lot of people. Yeah, in that yeah, family. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you, I, I mean, the things that you have to explore is, you know, like with me, I, I married while I was in active addiction, right? I mean, I met him while I was escalating my drinking, which became a, a huge issue, you know, five years later after we got married. And then finally I quit, but I might, I only knew him as me as a drinker, right? Me as, as the party girl, me as a let's go out and party all the time. And now I'm like completely opposite. And I'm thankful that he still loves the core person that I am um, and how it's, it's, it's changed our lifestyle. Cause it, it really has, you know, cause and Dana, not... it's, go ahead. Yeah, it's funny. I, I <clears throat> met uh, my, my uh, partner now in sobriety. So he has no idea what I'm like drinking. 
you know, and, yeah. and he's a drinker. So, you know, it, there's, and we can talk a little bit about how that affects me. Um, and, but yeah, but he, and I don't, I'm, so that's interesting. You hear people talk about that, how, you know, like their grandchildren don't know the alcoholic or the, you know, like that, but yeah, so it, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's and I yeah, think my husband and I met, Oh, sorry, Meredith. No, go ahead. I, my husband and I met at a bar. We, you know, he married the party girl. Like I was always, yep. you know, I lived with him and four Navy roommates and it was uh, a lot of fun and it was insane. And, you know, and we got married in that environment and um, I continued drinking for, all right, we were, I was 23 when I got married and I was 43. 42 when I got sober for almost 20 years of our marriage um I was in active addiction I mean obviously it accelerated and got a lot worse but yeah there's been significant changes in our relationship for sure and I think that that's the number one thing that people need to understand is that when you're choosing to quit drinking you're committing to a complete lifestyle change yeah a lot of people think that they can just take that one um item out of the whole grand scheme of things and be totally fine, but it is a complete lifestyle change. And if you're not communicating with your partner and telling them that you feel that this is where you need to go, um, yeah. I personally think that that's a huge setup for failure. Um, I do know that like when people have, when I've said that people have reached out to me, they're just in the beginning stages. So they're like, what did you do? And I do feel, and that's what I tell them. I'm like, that should be, number one conversation. Here's what I'm thinking about doing. Will you support me in this? And what does that look like? Um, and so committing to that lifestyle change, you may not know what that is, but you have to be okay with knowing that shit's going to change big time. Yeah. So let's talk about that change. Let's talk about the changes that you've seen since, because I mean, I think we, you know, once you are in that well in your sobriety with your relationships, I mean, mostly positive Mm -hmm. but I had to look out for number one Mm. I had to put my needs and my self first in any circumstance and that may I actually I had to put my sobriety first in whatever circumstance I was going into so you always have to have it at the forefront in my opinion Um, especially in the early days, because that will help you as hard as it is to determine where you're going to go, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Um, So that was me. It was 100% great. Um, And then there were other people that actually helped me do that on their end. You know, my sobriety made people uncomfortable and those friendships have gone away, unfortunately, but Again, that was something they helped me in that process. Yeah. I mean, my relationship's definitely gotten stronger. I mean, we were able to get through really, really difficult stuff that was created as a result of my active addiction. We wouldn't have been able to get through that if we, if I wasn't in recovery and sober and, you know, like all the things that you do, you know, we're both part of the 12 step fellowship, all the things that you do and making amends and taking responsibility in those step-by-step processes. And not to say that you guys don't do it in that way. I'm just, it's a formalized process of it. Right. And so, 
you know, the living amends and the the things that like I practice on a daily basis, I attribute to saving my relationship because if I didn't so wholeheartedly accept responsibility, didn't practice what I, you know, said I was going to practice on a daily basis, I wouldn't have been able to rebuild trust. I wouldn't have been able to, um, do the things that I said I was going to do. I wouldn't, you know, these are the tools that I have learned to like deal with feelings and cope and not just be explosive and, um, mm -hmm. be a supportive person. So all of those things that I grew as in a person, I had those, cap those abilities, but they were intermittent and they were obviously a lot of times overshadowed by all the drama that I was creating in the relationship. So being able to do those things just made that relationship so much stronger and then when you just like in sobriety, when you get through some of these things, you realize how strong you are. And as we got through these things, we realized, you know, it made our relationship even stronger. So for me, like, I think it's um, such an incredible blessing to like have this and to be able to do this. And it sounds like it's, it's made you a better wife. A better sobriety makes recovery makes me better. Everything. everything. Yes. Yeah, you know, like that's without a without a doubt, um, for sure. So I'm curious because I didn't have this kind of experience. What was what is dating like as a sober woman? Um, I I enjoyed it. I found it to be empowering and uh, and yeah. I mean, I was very upfront with it. I'm I was not ashamed of it. Um, I I on my dating profile, I. I marked like I ticked, uh, you know, don't drink. Um, they, uh, they don't read it. <laughs> you know, I was still invited <laughs> to, you know, let's meet at the bar for a drink. And, you know, my response to them, you know, is okay. Um, because one, you're chatting through an app. I don't need to, you know, go into detail, like, you know, and I'm not, and I'm okay going and meeting at a bar and ordering a mocktail. You know, that's where I am in my sobriety. I'm two years strong in it. And, um, I was, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. So, so I was like, you know, I wait. And then when I get there, I would just order, you know, a mocktail. And then the questions, Oh, you don't drink. And I don't call them out. Like I put it on my profile, you know, it's not, you know, I don't, because, you know, I don't think they read a lot anyway. <laughs> so who knows? But, um, and then I find it, I, I, you know, I'm completely aware. So, you know, there was one date I was on, uh, we were at the bar, uh, he was drinking. I was not, uh, we're probably like, you know, I'm two mocktails in, he's probably three drinks in and I can already tell, you know, I mean, nothing intimate is going to happen at all that night. Um, because he's drinking, uh, like that. And second, um, you know, there was a, a woman that passed us uh, to come out. We were sitting near the bathroom and I saw him, the way he looked at her, it just made me feel I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I knew right then and there, like the state is, it was fun, but it's over, you know, there's no future here. And I think I was only able to see that and feel that because I was sober. Mm -hmm. Had I had three drinks in me, you know, I wouldn't have seen that. And I would have probably been, you know, grabbing my drink. Um, so, so yeah. And I just think it's fun. You know, I, I, they're shocked that I can be fun and, and sexy and, and, you know, and we can do all this great things, but we're just not going to get drunk. <laughs> so. so I have a question. Um, what, so you say that you have a partner now and he, he does drink. 
what yeah. does that look like on, you know, when you are together, is it the same thing to where in the event you have one too many, there's not going to be intimacy or yeah. how does that work? So communication has been key in building our relationship. And one is, uh, so, you know, here in Abu Dhabi, it's a brunch culture. Um, it's a, and that's like a four to four hour event going to a restaurant on a Saturday, uh, starting at like noon until four and it's not only free food, but it's free alcohol. So it is, um, people go there to get drunk. Essentially. I go there to eat the food, you know, um, I can cap it, but even for me and four years or two years of sobriety, after four hours, I'm done. Like I need to leave. It's, it's, it's now I see people behaving and becoming the woman that I was, and it's just not very pretty to me. It's not fun. And I, I know only it's not going to get any better. Right. So I need to exit. And, um, and there's, you know, they, they want to keep going. So the, the brunch then carries on to be six or seven hours. Um, you know, so so we have communicated. We were at a brunch once where he wanted to stay after and, you know, pretty more. And uh, luckily, you know, I was like, I'm going to give you one, you know, one more, finish that and we're going to go, or I'm going to go, and then I'm going to go. And then luckily he left with me the next day or before the next brunch, I had a lot of anxiety and I talked to him. I was like, look, we got to talk. I'm like, I, I need to know that you're with me and I need to, you know, before you need to come to me at the end of the brunch and give me the option. Are you okay? Do, can we stay? Do you need to go? And then I can make that call then. Um, but let's, let's have that moment because it was just too much for me. It was just too much. And it scared me. It made me, and I was honest with him. Like, what if we're not compatible? You know, and what if we're not compatible? Cause you want to stay at the party and I don't. And, you know, um, and he, and I, he was like, well, I'll make sure you get home. I'm like, no, I'm like, if you're my partner, I want you to go with me. And I, you know, I mean, and this is me being honest, you know, and I, and I was like, and if you don't, um, then we may have, you know, we may, I, I just know, cause I've been in this situation. There's nothing good that comes from this after four hours of heavy drinking and turn the tables. What if that was me? You know, I'm going to stay, you go home. How would that make you feel? You know, so just, you know, communication communication it's 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 just been my best friend with with this new relationship absolutely and luckily he's willing to communicate as well and I do feel like yes we're all rocking sobriety but I mean Tracy you just said it I definitely have my limits to where oh, yeah. I tap out and I'm gone um yeah and it's it's more or less it's it's not like annoying or anything like that it's just something that for me I reach a level where I'm like one I'm tired two I actually want to get a good night's sleep and three I don't need to be I don't need to be there you know mm -hmm. and um, so you will get to the point where you have a tap out time yeah <laughs> for sure yeah oh Absolutely. yes Hopefully. Right. And I mean, to me, it's a physical reaction too. Like, I mean, I start, I mean, I, I start jonesy and I'm like, I gotta go like, and yeah. yeah. And I just have to listen to that. Uh, so that's where you learn in early sobriety escape plans, like have an escape mm -hmm. route, right. Or an excuse or, or a cab on the phone or, you know, um, I called, I called my sister that I, I, I called her from the brunch 
Cause I was like, I gotta go. And if he's not gonna go, I'm still gotta go. And she's like, I'll come get you or take a taxi. But luckily, you know, I spoke to him and he was willing to go. So that to me, that's showing support and love. And I was very grateful. When you guys first started dating, how did that conversation go? Were you like, how did that progression go of, yep, I don't drink. And then maybe you guys become intimate and then it's like, yep, here's another boundary. Like when did all that kind of progress and how did he take it? I think it progressed slowly. I mean, it, you know, the first night, <laughs> the first meeting, we met on Bumble. You know, on my thing, it says I don't drink. Uh, he knew it was my birthday weekend. So I come, I meet him and he has a great big bottle of champagne. So that's why I knew he didn't read it. And I'm like, oh, this is great, but I don't drink. But thank you. My sister does. And so I took it. Oh my God. And so, yeah, so it was, but I didn't make it a big deal. And I didn't, I didn't shut the door either on him. Right. Cause a lot of women like, ah, you know, he didn't read my thing and he doesn't, you know, but I'm not like, I'm like, you know, let's, I, I still wanted to get to know him. I didn't shut the door. Um, and then from there we, you know, proceeded to have dinner. You know, it wasn't the main focus of the conversation. And that's why I think I really like him a lot. And I know he's a different drinker than me because I've dated men where the whole first date when they discover I don't drink is all about my drinking and they're mm -hmm. slamming back drinks. So it's almost like they're I'm a reflection maybe of them. Um I don't know. So it, I liked it. I didn't want it to be the center of the date because it shouldn't be, you know, and he didn't make it. So it was wonderful. So as it progressed and we, you know, and then, yes, I mean, and then if we were going to become intimate, and, you know, I mean, we just, I, I'm a huge communication person and I, and I'm, and I can talk about being intimate and sex very openly and adult, I think we're adults here and, you know, uh, so let's talk, it's, we want it to happen, but let's talk about how we want it to happen. You know, you, you can talk about condoms, right? Well, I, I would like to not be drunk. <laughs> so, and I'm much better in bed when I'm sober. So that tends to appeal to them more too. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, and then, you know, for me though, the big, and it's being vulnerable. So the biggest one for me is admitting that maybe we're not compatible. And like, and sometimes my worst fear is like, he wants to get drunk with that, with a woman. Like he just wants to go out and get drunk with her. And I'm not going to be that woman. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to be that woman, hopefully. And that's something I feel like I can't give him. But we've talked about it. And he's like, that's when he's like, Tracy, I've only known you sober. So I don't want that. Like, I love, I love this. I love you this. Um, so, and it's a, it's a fine line, Meredith, because I don't want to put ideas in his head either. Right. I don't want to put the idea that I'm not like, I'm never going to get drunk with him, you know? So it's, it's, it's all scary. It's scary being honest, but you, you have to just do it. I mean, I think. Yeah. Well, and you bring up a good point about the, like, just wanting to get it, that occurred to me, you know, like in a, in a relationship, you know, sometimes the partner does want to just blow off steam. Right. And we're not capable of, I don't put myself in that situation. I can't do that. And that was one of the things with my husband when I was in, I was in rehab and we were having the conversation like via Zoom or something like that. And he was like, so no, never like a glass of wine and cheese, because it was, it was also a part of our, like, we loved wine and we loved kind mm -hmm. of 
wine pairings and you know meals and all of that and being a foodie or whatever so we're, we're never going to do that again you know and so he had to like it's like no you know like that's that so you for him for my husband I think he had to kind of mourn that part of that relationship that he once had as well um and like you guys were saying you know this this recovery affects everybody you know but that is a part of a relationship that like um it changed it ended but I will say that we went to a uh, we were in Quebec and I wish I could think find the name of this restaurant and he did the wine pairing and I did the mocktail pairing and my drinks were over the moon I had like they came with like smoking <laughs> cloches and all of these things and they're like here's your Chardonnay and he was just like I want which you know like I had the most that's the only time that's ever happened but I was like this is incredible like I was the I was the mocktail rock star in this whole meal of all of it so I wish I could think of the name because I would give them credit for it um because it was amazing I think places like that go out of their way because I I had done a a tasting and and they had the wine and the the cocktail pairing and all that and um, my friend and I we did and it was vegan and then we did the whole mocktail with it and our mocktails were like like you said were like just crazy because they're like trying all sorts of different things to put together and and all of that mm -hmm. stuff and not make it taste like alcohol but taste something that's really good and that also pairs with the the dinner mm -hmm. and that was yeah it was a lot of fun sorry got off track but no but I mean it, you can that my point is is you can <clears throat> there are other things that you can replace those like yeah the whole goal for me in terms of like why I do this work why I'm part of this podcast why I recover out loud is to really help people see that it's not just a series of just giving everything up and giving up all yeah. the stuff it's living life in a different way that is so much more fulfilling so yeah maybe we can't do wine pairings but we can go drink amazing coffee or we can go and do you know try different foods we can you know whatever it is like um that you just need to find the things that kind of supplement um mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like that, vegan yeah. cheese it's a cheese and wine right yeah absolutely <laughs> or the beer and yeah. the grill yeah absolutely yeah. and and I love that one meme where it's you're you're giving up one thing for everything versus you feel like you're giving up everything for one thing because you're not you're it's your flip you flip flip the story right mm -hmm. it's, you're giving up one thing to change everything into something amazing absolutely. one of the things the first time I actually was like man I almost had FOMO of drinking was brunch stuff, you know, like going out on the weekends. It's not the weekday. It's like noon and popping the um, mimosas, you know, like the whole nine. Like that was something where I was like, ah, this sucks. <laughs> but um, you and there may be times where I still feel that way. Um, yeah. But absolutely that is all normal mm -hmm. yep yeah and yeah, you because... I don't choose to go to brunches I go like I'll go with my family if it's first of all I don't need to eat for four hours straight like 
I it do. just, <laughs> I have, and I do want, you know, for celebrations and stuff, the brunches art. here are, are next art, level. Though. You got to pace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's next level. So it is an experience. It's very much an experience for this area. Um, but I don't go often because again, I don't want to get stuck in that FOMO of like, oh, I can't go and have as much fun as they look like they're having. The reality is I don't see them at the end of the night. I don't see them the next day. I don't see the aftermath. I just see that, you know, first couple hours of like total high and then I don't see the crash. So. And that's when you flip the story to the JOMO, right? The joy of missing out. Yes. <laughs> I am being very corny today. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's great. It is about mentality. It's about perspective. It's about, like I was saying, it's about what can you put into your life that's, that makes you happy um, in ways that you've never thought before. What's the challenge? And in sobriety, you find that and then you take action and you actually do it. And then I believe the others that you're in relationships with, they then can see that, feel it. Um, so everybody benefits, I believe, from our sort of our choices, and it is totally Meredith a lifestyle change. Um, absolutely. Well, and I think one of the coolest parts about my sobriety, and you guys are probably the same, are the people where me going sober planted that seed with them, and it wasn't uh, you should quit drinking or anything like that, but they saw me do it from like the background. And mm-hmm. they decided to implement it. Like that is one of the coolest, coolest things um, about sobriety. Mm-hmm. It's you doing it, you won't comprehend the seeds that it plants for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And he has uh he has said that he drinks a lot less since mm-hmm. he's dated me. And you know, but I never ask, and that's another thing. I don't, you know, I don't ever ask him to drink less or to drink more. Um and uh, because I know that's his journey, right? And he's got to do what he wants to do. I can't do anything. I can, uh, what's that little prayer that we said? <laughs> Grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So, <laughs> I have to say it repeatedly sometimes. <laughs> me too. Me too. Awesome conversation, ladies. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. You. <clears throat> all right see you next week all right see you next see week, you next week. Bye. bye guys bye thanks so much for joining us today we appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures for more information and details on upcoming episodes check us out on youtube or instagram at four sober chicks that's number four sober chicks we welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode